0: What you're about to hear is of a general nature and doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs or objectives. We recommend you seek financial advice before making any decisions about your super and consider the relevant Unisuper product disclosure statement. Hi and welcome to another episode of Super Informed Radio, the official Unisuper podcast where we try to make super, super. Super. (laughs) I'm Marta.
1: I'm Lyndon. And I'm Rob. And in our previous episode of Super Informed Radio, we spoke with Dr. Shumi Akhtar from the University of Sydney about the psychology of spending versus saving. And Shumi mentioned that it was okay to actually indulge in some spending every now and again, which made us all feel good.
0: Oh my gosh, big time. I think (laughs) she was just... It's nice to hear from an expert or someone who's a little bit more smarter than me in that area to say, it's okay to spend every now and again.
1: (laughs) It was very comforting indeed. Because we found this topic so interesting, we decided to set up our own uh, spending challenge Mm -hmm. here at UniSuper. We uh, have our own Marta as well as James Lowndes from our contact centre. They both kindly volunteered to track their spending over a two week period. James, welcome back to Superinform Radio.
2: Thank you for having me. Now, James, how did you find the spending and savings challenge? I found it very confronting. Um, I Putting it down on paper um, made me aware that I am spending more than I'm earning. And how I did that was I used the ASIC Money Smart website, it's um, all there, it's free. Yeah, they it,
3: have a free
0: budget planner tool that um, is quite dynamic isn't it?
2: Yes, and it was all done within 20 minutes. And wow. Putting it down on paper was quite cathartic for me because now I realise, well, seeing where the money's going. Mm -hmm. So cathartic and confronting. (laughs) Cathartic and confronting. Okay.
1: (laughs) Marta, what about you? How did you find it?
0: I really liked it. I didn't actually change that much of my spending habits, but I used, being a millennial, I used an app called Pocketbook, which is free, not sponsored plug, just really liked the app, to... Track the categories. I was interested in where my money was going. I knew that I had a, I had two sort of mandatory payments, like my rent and my loan payment, and then the rest, my, the rest of it was sort of up to me to how I divided that and then looked after myself. I found it really useful, but reassuring that I wasn't going over my, uh, I wasn't spending more than I was earning. Mm-hmm.
4: Now I'm also interested in the mechanics of how this worked. So, did you literally, for the two-week pay period that we're talking about, enter in, you know, to your, um, was it a spreadsheet or calculator, James, or, or the app Marta? Did you? Is so every time you bought a coffee or every time you bought, you know, did your groceries? You you made that effort
2: to to track it. I wrote it down on paper, mm-hmm. and then uh, used it all. Uh, put it all, uh, multiplied by 26 fortnights uh, t- to get a yearly budget mm-hmm. from my... Oh wow, so you went above and beyond James. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Marta, you were the same, you just...
4: Yeah, so
0: it... the app actually synced with my bank account, so that took out that hassle for mm-hmm. me. So when I use my card to pay for stuff, it would just log it and then I'd have to just jump in and um, check the categories of certain things. Like if it picked up that I went to Deliveroo, then that picked it up as like, entertainment or if I went to Woolworths it picked it up as groceries and I just sort of created some bespoke categories to suit my um, own life and needs but yeah that's what I did too. That is
4: fantastic and so um, just in terms of what um, you found you spent a lot of your uh your cash on over that period. When we last caught up in the last episode of the podcast, James, you mentioned um, some of your key expenditure was um, secondary like education. Secondary education. Uh, the, I think there was a mortgage there. Yep. Um, Marta, you you've already mentioned your expenses. Were there any surprises? Did you find? Let's start with you, Marta. Any surprises that you found about your spending habits?
0: Um, no, actually, like a lot of. I'm, I'm very conscious about my health and personal care. So I knew. So, just looking at the app now, it's saying that like about 32% of my spending went on like my gym fees and and, and health stuff. So that was... Re- and that stuff's important to me and I value that so I don't regret that at all. But then the next sort of big chunk was 20% on entertainment drinks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got to live. <laughs>
0: exactly. So, you know, that's sort of speaks for itself. Maybe I can probably pay back on that. But then the other stuff, like food miscellaneous spending money, car costs for my flexi car rent. Yeah, uh, no surprises there.
2: Mm. And what about yourself, James? Yeah, look, I thought I was living frugally with, um, you know, driving with gas and on car and bringing my lunches. Um, but the bottom line was I was spending more than $15,000 a year than what I was earning. So obviously a couple of things I get looked at now, um, the same as Marta, uh, drinks and entertainment, which is... Which I budgeted as about fifty dollars a week, but yeah, it, it, it putting it down on paper is the way to go. Yeah, I think yeah. so.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, it kind of forces you to. There's no hiding behind the numbers, right?
1: <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Well, it's one thing to have Lyndon and I sit here and listen to your your spending and savings. (laughs) And like confirm
0: that what we're doing is okay. (laughs) Yes,
1: interrogating you. That's right. But we thought it would be great to bring in a professional. Uh, So we've invited in Alexia Jackson, private client advisor here at Unisuper, to provide some insight, I guess, for the rest of the, the listeners, but also for yourselves as to how you stacked up and perhaps some tips. To improve your your savings, so welcome, to Super Informed Radio, Alexia.
3: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Now, Alexia, you've had a bit of a listen to both Marta and James's spending habits. What do you what do you make of that?
3: Well, um, both of them are indifferent. Stages of life. Both of them have different lifestyles. Um, Martyrs living in the city, um, you know, socialising more often, whereas James has a younger family, um, commitments such as school fees and a mortgage that he's paying off. That debt servicing can be quite a, a big goal for many people in their, in their middle years. Uh, so, totally understand how that sort of commitment comes about. Um, The difference is with Marta is that she's also got her own debt strategy as well and so uh, paying down that debt is also a key goal for her. It's different to a mortgage though because it doesn't necessarily have that um, financial reward side of it that a mortgage has got an asset backing that debt. Um,
2: If if I could chime in, you've had a look at my budget and are there any glaring things that need to be addressed?
3: Well, James, um, when I was looking at your budget, um, I did look and, and you did an excellent job using the Money Smart calculator because until you put it down on paper, you're sort of dealing with the unknown and your spending habits can't be understood until you actually look at the different categories and where you're directing your cash flow. So that was a good step in the right direction, making the conscious decision to analyse where you're at. When I was looking at it, you're doing some great things i mean some of it's debt repayment some of it is actually paying off um, or putting contributions to super even though you didn't actually include that it comes out of your salary already and it's building for your retirement savings so that's also a good step in the right direction the things that you could think about is what's discretionary and what's non-discretionary spending and so there were some donations that you do there which is a great thing that you're doing helping the community and it's something that's close to your heart but um, you could consider that if you got in financial stress and you couldn't actually work, whether that cash flow could be used um, to help meet your day-to-day needs. Um, question to you is more around if something was happening to you, if you were unable to work, if you were sick for the short term, how would you fill the gap in your, your income need and your actual um, expenditure?
2: Yes, certainly, so I've got sick leave obviously, a lot of sick leave um, built up, Once that's used, I've got income protection insurance covering my superannuation, which is 75% of my salary in the event of sickness and accident, and the waiting period's 90 days. So I just need to get through that 90 days with sick leave.
3: Yeah, and and I mean, that's really important. Does it give you comfort to know that if you you, um, were unable to work, you've got that protection there to help you out?
4: Yep, very much so, very important. Now, just quickly jump in there, um, Alexia, because this is a, a topic that comes up uh, often for us in superannuation, mm-hmm. uh, is that a lot of people don't actually realise that they have insurance through their super. Um, can you tell us a little bit more or just expand a little bit on, on that, how, how that comes to be?
3: Yeah, so um, when you join a, uni- uh, a superannuation fund, whether it's uni super or another fund, often there's what's called default cover. And that's um, automatic cover that is in place when you first join. With UniSuper members, it's usually linked to their salary, um, so it's really good on on that basis. For UniSuper members with defined benefit schemes, it's a little bit more complicated, Mm -hmm. but the best way if you're looking um, to find out where you stand as an individual is to review your annual statement because you're insurance cover is listed there. If you ever have any questions, there's um, advice services or member online services that you can ask questions um, of our team Mm. to give you guidance on where you're at because one of the biggest thing is a fear when you're budgeting and you're looking at how much you're earning and how much you're spending, if there's a gap or if it's even not short term, it's long term that you're out of work for a year or two, how do you survive that period? Mm. It's very important.
0: Yeah one of the things that I did actually like talking to sort of the income protection When I, once I did refinance my debt and sort of figure out that's my mandatory payment I was like okay if the worst case scenario was to happen how would I manage that so I actually jumped onto Member Online and, and had a look at oh yeah that's how much I've got it's actually really clear and I had no idea that even though I work in super that I could go and check and go oh, okay so that's how much I'd get but then there's that really niggly thing about the waiting period depending on who you're with where you could potentially be without an income so I actually did this thing creating a bit of a buffer account of a couple of grand that covers my rent and other mandatory expenses just in case
3: something happens and I don't have access to that cash straight away. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from this exercise that you've done?
2: That I'm spending more than I'm earning. I I was conscious about it, but to see it in black and white, $15,000 in the red Mm -hmm. each year, um, I need to address that. Mm -hmm. I realise we talked about this in my first in the first podcast that I've got two mm-hmm. more years with the children being fourteen and sixteen before the uh, private education finishes, and there's, <laughs> then it might be might be university, but who knows?
0: I'm on their own. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so after that, it, it will be a lot easier mm-hmm. um, with taking into account the, the school fees being um, eight thousand and seven thousand dollars a year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me it was I've sort of learnt to say no to things like if friends go "Oh, come out here do this and if I you know handle my heart consciously think look I shouldn't really because I can't particularly not that I can't afford it but I shouldn't I just say no I don't know if that comes with age as well where you stop caring so much about having to be everywhere all the time but um, having talked to a couple of friends about this and having it on the public record through the podcast I think talking to your friends about money and then going, Look, this is the reason why I can't do this. People tend to understand and I've just been much more comfortable with saying no to certain things. Therefore saving and being able to divert those monies somewhere else.
3: Yep, and so with your debt repayment, Marta, mm-hmm. have you um, started to um, pay more off it now? Um, because that's a, there would be a high interest rate not being related to a mortgage, so. Yeah, definitely, so I do the, like, standard 503 per fortnight and then
0: just before the next pay cycle I'll I'll jump in and if there's anything else left over Mm -hmm. I'll just put that in if if it's $20 like you know it's that's having put my money away into my rainy day account like my savings bit any sort of extra things I go onto the debt.
3: Yep sounds like a good strategy. James are you concerned about um, the gap in your income and expenses impacting your retirement strategy?
2: I am. Look, I'm 50 years of age, mm-hmm. so I've got, a, I've got you know, 10, 15 years left to make hay while sun shines, or make every post a winner. So at the moment, I believe I'm, I've got a shortfall in superannuation, so I do need to make contributions on top of my employer contributions at some stage. I need to start contributing. At the moment, um, not, not feasible.
3: Okay so um, retirement adequacy is a key thing for most members and everyone um, as they get to older ages over 50 or thereabouts the same age as you they start to get concerned do I have enough what will I need in retirement and how long will it last so those big questions are a big key if you're looking at where you're at today James you could be thinking about what you're going through is a short-term thing whilst your children at private education Thinking about your super contributions, you're already doing above the 9.5% standard rate that most Australians are doing. As a uni super member, you're doing a lot more than that. So that's also a good step in the right direction. And you're using pre-tax dollars. So you're you're actually saving tax by, by doing it that way. So that's also a benefit that you're taking advantage of. So there's a lot of good things there for you. If you wanted to know, will I have enough, there's a number of calculators on the UniSuper website. There's the one that you can compare yourself to other UniSuper members just to see where you stand for your demographic, for your age, um, and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, in addition, you could also look at some of the other calculators on you know, how do I improve my super contributions if I'm not using my cash flow effectively? Could I increase them or change them? and also what else should I be considering as far as can I see how much I might have um, based on where you stand today. So you can start with your balance in super today and say this is how much I'm putting in, how much will it be worth when I reach age 60 because I don't know about you, James, do you want to wait till you're 65 to retire or you want to retire a little bit earlier? A little bit earlier. Yeah. (laughs) I
2: will have a look, Alexia, now that
4: you've um, pointed that out. Yeah. And uh, if members would like to take uh, advantage of those calculators on the Unisuper website, I believe the URL is unisuper.com.au forward slash calculators. There are other calculators there too, Alexia. We've spoken uh, briefly about insurance today. Some of our members can use one of those calculators to, you know, put in their, a little bit like what we've done in this exercise, what their expenses are and, and, and that. Uh, rest of it and sort of figure out what what could be right for them yeah it doesn't tell them
1: does it <laughs> but it gives them a, a, an idea absolutely and as the, our discussion sort of shifted to retirement now yeah I'm keen to ask both Marta and James what their ideal retirement might look like and it's still a, a way off particularly for you Marta <laughs> 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 but um, just given what we've talked about today Yep. How do you see your retirement, your uh, ideal retirement? My
0: ideal retirement? I'd retire tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I would like, oh, I'd probably like to have a property here and potentially overseas in Poland and be able to flip between the two, chasing the sun, as they say. And, yeah, just having a bit of a, having a comfortable retirement, so being able to enjoy travelling and entertainment and also have enough to look after my health and potential family as, as, as needed.
2: Lovely. And yourself, James? Yeah. Look, it's not too far away for me at, <laughs> at fifty. <laughs> it's, look, I obviously um, I need to start thinking about it. A comfortable retire- retirement for me would be paying off my, my home loan. Then I could, you know, concentrate on the finer things in life. Um, you know, f- uh, food, fine food and fine wine. Bit of voluntary work um, in retirement. And I would imagine grandchildren on my lap, so all going well. But that's a, a few years down the track.
1: Well, Alexia, thank you so much for joining us at Superinformed Radio here today. We really appreciate you sharing your your insight and your your wisdom. And uh, I think it's certainly given a lot of food for thought for both mm. James and and Marta. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And thank you, James, for joining us also. Thank you for having me. Thanks, thank guys. you. So there you have it. It was great to have Alexia Jackson in, chatting with Marta and James about their spending and savings habit, and we've given them something to think about. I hope we've given something for you to think about also
4: if we have given you something to think about, um, just recapping once again um, those resources, a few of those resources that are on our uh, Unisuper website, go to unisuper.com.au forward slash calculators for some of the calculators Alexia was highlighting there. Um, There's a Retirement Adequacy Calculator. Uh, There's a Compare Me tool, which is the one where you can compare yourself to uh, other (laughs) Unisuper members in your demographic and and so on. Uh, And also the Insurance Needs Calculator. There's also many other calculators too, so um, check those out as well. Broadline. if you'd like to check out you know your account and, and situation um, that's at unisuper.com.au as well there's a login there and if what we've spoken about today has prompted you to think about potentially seeking advice on uh, your own spending and saving uh, and future retirement you can get in touch with Unisuper Advice on 1800Uadvice, which is one 823 842
0: and that brings us to the end of another episode of Superinformed Radio. How sad.
1: We'll be back. We will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you can listen to us on the Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or give us a rating through those channels. It helps the podcast out a lot. You can also catch up on in past episodes at unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts. Also, if you've got any questions that you'd like us to maybe explore in the next episode or in future episodes, hit us up at superinformed at Thanks very much.
4: And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.